Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, and I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is all about an emotion we haven't highlighted that much yet here in the podcast. It's about being angry in midlife and moving through it to finally feeling fulfilled. Now, anger is one of those classic negative emotions that can be difficult to manage. Often you feel like you're at the effect of this emotion. You might be reflecting on an incident right now. You might feel out of control. You're reactive. And before you know it, you may have screamed at someone or acted out and could definitely have regrets. My guest today is someone who knows a lot about feeling angry, understanding it, and finally pushing through it to the other side. I'm so grateful she's here with us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. So you're going to meet Valerie Runyon. Valerie's a writer and a photographer who struggled with a lot of physical pain over the years. Her job didn't help either, and she was definitely in a midlife funk. As she describes it, she went from being enraged with just about everything, her husband, her job, her house, and her city, to actually loving her life, right? You gotta hear more. So how she got there is what is so interesting to me, of course. I love talking to women in the middle about how they knew they needed to make a change or a pivot and how they took that first step. Really zeroing in on that moment, that thought, that specific instance when they knew they just had to move forward. When you're stuck in a funk like Valerie was, it's hard to see your way out. It's so hard to just find clarity. It can seem so confusing and heavy and overwhelming for sure. And you tend to want all of the answers, the exact roadmap forward. Life's not usually like that, however. And sometimes there's a wake-up call or a shift where clarity seems to come out of nowhere and then you know what to do. (laughs) Of course, it's not the same for everyone. Sometimes if it's an event or a happening Um, maybe it's a comment or a conversation. Sometimes things like that really help. And sometimes it's having quiet time and the space to think. That's what does it. My guest, Valerie, had something that woke her up. It definitely helped her see things very, very clearly. And it kickstarted her path to connecting with her lifelong passion in a really serious way. And it ultimately changed her life. I know you're going to enjoy this interview. Hey, Valerie, thank you so much for joining us on the Women in the Middle podcast. Well, thank you, Susie, for having me as a guest. Oh, my gosh. I was so excited to talk to you because you were so honest about some pretty intense feelings of um, anger that you had. And, you know, so many of us are not comfortable talking about negative emotion, but you were. So I just met you. We were both at an event a very exciting event hosted by Susan Hyatt. And so we got to talking and I really thought you'd be a good guest because of that. So can you tell me a little bit about what was going on in your 40s? Uh, What was going on in my 40s was um, the start of my menopause. 
um, fury at my husband's um, consistent unemployment, um, working um, as a hotel room maid, um, doing 16 rooms at that time, uh, with them um, developing and deepening um, lower back and hip pain on a consistent basis. Wow. So you were in a lot of pain. Your job was actually aggravating it. Your husband was very frustrating. Uh, did you actually have a diagnosed um, problem physically? Yes, I did. I was told I do have um, um, austere arthritis, and he told me that I would be in a wheelchair in less than uh, three years if I did not quit doing whatever job I was doing that was aggravating it. Wow. So this was, this was really a difficult time in your life. And you know, one of the things I talk about a lot in the podcast is being in a midlife funk. So a funk is very common. So many uh, people feel that way. And it's not really what we used to think it was, you know, growing up with cartoons in the 70s and stuff of, you know, driving a fast red sports car and having an affair and all that kind of stuff. But it's really just when something's off and you know you need to make a change. So how did you know that you were in a midlife funk? Well, I knew I was in a midlife funk when I was consistently enraged at practically everyone, everything in my life. I was um, drinking much more heavily um, on a daily basis, um, actually all day. Wow. Um, yes, and, um, and just dreading going home. And then when I did, locking myself in my own room uh, for, you know, to write, because I had no, I purposely did not put a television in there, just to write and pretty much drink. <laughs> wow. Is writing something that you've always been attracted to? I have been writing my entire life since I was five years old. So writing has been the only consistency besides breathing for me. Wow. Okay. So how long was it that you were in this period of time, you know, where you were in a funk, you were very angry and you were drinking too much and writing and just kind of in that spin? I was in that spin uh, consistently for about four years. Yeah, you know what? When I was in a funk, my funk didn't look at all like yours, but certainly I knew something was off and wrong and needed to change. And I was in a funk for five years. So I can totally see how these funky times can just drag on. But then something happened. So can you tell us a little bit about what you were thinking and what led you to make a very large change? Well, um, my 50th birthday. A, li a likely I suspect. <laughs> <laughs> I had a fabulous 50th birthday all by myself because I um, squirreled away my entire um, IRS um, check return, you know, our, you know, re our, our return. The, the refund? Yes, the yeah, refund. Yeah, the refund, yeah. Yes, I squirreled out was um, over $2,000. And um, I did everything that I wanted to do. I um, called off work, left my house as if I were going to work, and um, had um, Bloody Mary for breakfast at a, a great restaurant. With some, you know, I don't usually do breakfast, but I did um, because I got to have two Bloody Marys. 
Um, I had lunch. <laughs> I had lunch at a fabulous restaurant inside the mall. I bought myself uh, two bracelets at um, um, Annie, um, the ones that make the the bracelets with the little charms on it. Oh, Alex and Annie, that place. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Um, bought myself two bracelets. Um, I also had all of my black and white photographs. Um, that I had on my um, jump drive, printed out at um, over at office, whatever. Um, and then I had myself a nice dinner and an accidental date because a nice man offered to carry my box of pictures because I printed them all out. It was nearly 500 of them. So, and oh, wow. So you, you printed out, so you've loved photography a long time yes. too? Yes. yes. Uh, I've loved photography since I've been here in Las Vegas for 26 years. Oh my gosh. So, okay. So then what happened? And well, with the accidental date, um, because I invited him to eat with me because, well, he carried my box, you know, <laughs> carried my box. So um, had an accidental date um, and then went home um, a little later. Oh, dropped by my children's place for a um, celebration cocktail with them, my two adult children. And then I went home and um, went to my room. Um, my husband said, you know, happy birthday, whatever. And I said, okay, great. And he asked me, how was, how was my day? I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't answer him, actually. And I just went into my room and just um, basked in the glory of the beautiful, wonderful, <laughs> you know, just lovely 50th birthday I had just had all by myself. Oh, that's great. Um, but then I know that you made a really large change. So what led for what led up to you actually um, leaving? What led up to it? Uh, well, I was due for my vacation, but my work, of course, told me that I had to wait until October for my vacation. So I had to work the entire summer, and this was now at a. Um, timeshare uh, property. I worked at soul sucking. It was so bad. <laughs> I was in excruciating all the time, drinking all the time, and then told I had to wait until October for my vacation. And then when October rolled around and my husband's birthday was um, around that time, he actually had the words came out of this mouth. Your vacation check is not free money. It's to pay the bills. So when he said that, what did you make it mean? It sounds like it was pretty shocking. It was very shocking. And I felt nothing at all except rage. Wow. I remember a moment in my life where uh, I was so angry that I, I, I felt like I was seething. Was it that kind of anger? I felt like I was actually on fire. That's how deep the rage was. Oh my gosh. Wow. So then what did you do? I um, went to my room. I just looked at him and, um, and he went back to playing his video game. And I went to my room. I packed two suitcases, a carry-on bag, and over-the-shoulder purse that you can carry on to the plane. Um, with um, the plane ticket his mother had um, bought for me because she felt guilty that I had to spend my vacation check on bills. So I had the ticket and um, waited. And, and I um, 
waiting till he went to bed. And I put the two suitcases out onto the front patio. He never went out the front door, so he wouldn't find them. And um, the next um, in front of the door was my carry-on bag, and I had my purse. And so he said, well, you know, have a good flight and everything. And it's like, okay, is there anything else you would like to say to me? He says, well, I love you. I'm like, oh, okay, I love you too. Goodbye. And I went out the front door. I went across the street to my neighbor's house who called me a cab and the cab took me to McCarran airport. And because I only had cash, the baggage guy behind the counter used his badge to get my bags onto the plane. And on the plane, the um, flight attendant, um, because I was feeling so distraught and I was actually relieved and I didn't realize I was crying. So she brought me two bottles of little bottles of um, of um, red wine, and um, and I, you know, that was that was just free. But and um, so I landed in uh, at Houston International at night. My mother and her husband picked me up, and I started my stay at their house in the little bedroom, their extra bedroom, and. Um, just hold myself up in there pretty much and just wrote for an entire year. Wow. So when your husband said what he said, uh, did you know right away that you were leaving? Uh, yes. So when you packed your bags, you were pretty certain that you weren't going to come back? Yes, I was not coming back. Wow, that's, that's a pretty quick decision. You know, it's so funny how we make decisions. <laughs> like you were in a spin and a funk for four years, but it wasn't until that statement that it just made you so angry that it made it um, so possible for you to make a decision so quickly. Oh, yes. Yes, he, uh, yes, he, made, <laughs> he, yes, he helped greatly in that, just <laughs> that statement. <laughs> So you said that you were writing that whole year. What was that like? Well, it was, um, oh, wow. It was liberating. It was great. It was, um, it was just, I just remember it just, I mean, paper, just notebook after notebook after notebook and pens and just, and on my laptop. And I just remember just writing, just and then walking, actually, uh, I took a lot of walks, um, and I was just breathing, and actually hardly had any alcohol at all did you, while I was, when I was did, living with them. Wow. Did you, was that a conscious decision for you? Actually, it was a conscious decision, and then I, and then I thought, well, okay, maybe now because they don't have any alcohol in the house, okay. But then it just went away. I just didn't want to. Just did not feel the need for it. And so that's, that's really interesting. And, and so it sounds like the rage started to diminish. Is that how you would describe it? Yes. It, um, the more I wrote the more diminished and the less I needed alcohol. I mean, it's, I just, it's just, it just went away. The feeling of needing it on a consistent basis went away and the rage was dissipating. I mean, it was just, you know, like 
a puffy cloud just kind of spreading out across the sky into those wispy, you know, little tendrils. And then clear blue, and I was fine by the time I left um, the, that November, the following November. What did you notice about the pain that you were having your, in your physical health from your job? Um, actually, it was lessening. It was be- that because I was able to take walks and everything like that. It was dissipating. It was I was in constant pain, but the level of pain was you know was lower. So it wasn't as as excruciating because I wasn't doing the job that I had done. So um, it sounds like the rage lifted after that year of intense writing, taking a physical break. Uh, getting alcohol out of your life, the rage lifted. And and what did that open the door for? Once you were feeling better, what what happened next? Oh, I started um, publishing my pieces online on writing platforms. I learned how to self-publish on um, Amazon's or or the KDP um, um, arm of their publishing um, I started compiling um, different pieces into book form, like, you know, and thinking of self-publishing. I'm like, yeah, well, okay, yeah, sure. And um, I didn't take as many photographs in um, Texas because I just did not find it um, photogenic. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, and that's what I was doing. And so I'm like, okay, I've got like five books on Kent on the KDP platform. I had several of my pieces that were well received on the two writing platforms I was writing on. And it was just, I just felt just, you know, really great. (laughs) Wow. So, so now it sounds like you shifted your identity. Uh, Now you're a writer. Yes. I actually claimed, um, being a writer, because I would tell people, well, I write, I, you know, I, mean, I would say I'm a writer, but it's like, you know, like you're saying, well, I'm a blonde. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's something I do. But no, when I, when I first got my first published book up on KDP, I actually called my ex-husband and left a message on his phone saying, oh, Remember when you said that I would be a published author um, after I'm, you know, posthumously? Um, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> and I sent him a link to <laughs> the KDP <laughs> where my books were. <laughs> so what do you think prevented you from connecting with your passion for writing all those years? Well, I was always connected to it, but it was, um, it was like I thought until I was 47, I always thought that, you know, if I say that I'm a writer, then people are going to say like, oh, well, what have you published? And I hadn't published anything. So I thought that I won't really own it until I publish something. And then I can say, I'm a writer and then say, oh, what have you published? And then, oh, yeah, this, 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 and this, you know, so I wanted to, I, I, I wanted to own the title of being a writer when I had physical proof that somebody could say, oh, okay, you know, you know, a, a book or, you know, anything that, that someone else had seen, you know, that I could say, oh, I published, you know, that's published. I published that. Did you, did you think of yourself as a writer before you published something? Yes, I did. 
I've always felt, felt, you know, and called myself a writer. I've always felt it. It's been me. Like I said, it's the only thing closer to me is breathing. Okay. That's so interesting because, you know, who are these people that are going to make judgments on your success or productivity, right? They're just like, who are they? Yet you, you kind of held yourself back in a way. Uh, I talk a lot about keeping yourself small, staying small. Does that, does that feel like what you were doing until you could prove it, to somebody outside yourself? It definitely was until I turned 47, first of all, and then had something published. When I turned 47, I'm like, I don't care anymore. I, I just, just don't. Mm. I don't care what other people think. And then once I garnered that attitude, then it was off to the races. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, thought work is so important. I don't care what people think creates a completely different feeling than I can't call myself a writer until I do whatever it is. Uh -huh. uh, so now that you're on the other side of it, you're identifying as a writer, you're, I can hear it in your voice, you're so much happier. What lessons did you learn from the whole experience? The lessons I learned were just own um, just own your personality. Don't play small for anybody else. Don't try to change for someone else. Just be you. You know, they either accept you or they don't. And if they don't, are they people you really want in your life? I would say not. Exactly. I wish they taught that more in high school, right? <laughs> uh, elementary school. Okay. Elementary school. <laughs> so important. So what advice would you give other women in the middle out there who, who are in a midlife funk and not stepping up to that, you know, that level of connecting with who they really are? Well, I would say that every woman, everyone has a gift. Find your gift. Own your gift. Think of how you may use your gift to serve other people. And I promise you, once you do that, oh, you're golden. you you know, you will be yourself and you will walk around owning that, you know, yeah, this is me. Like me, don't like me, don't like me, keep stepping. <laughs> I love it. So you mentioned that you love black and white photography. Um, you mentioned it, you know, a little bit earlier on in the interview. And I understand that you have been having fun with your black and white shots on Instagram. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, well, yes, my eye has um, turned more towards um, flora and fauna, and um, I've been concentrating very um, seriously on making them very crisp, very clear, with no retouches, um, because once I take the photograph, it's out there, so, and, I, and that's what I love about it. It's just, it's, you know, crisp and clean and just beautiful. Oh, that's great. So if people want to check out your Instagram, where can they find you? Um, it's Valerie J. Runyon. And in little letters next to my name is Pow Violet. P-A-U-V-I-O-L-E-T. Awesome. What does that mean? Um, actually, it's um, the name of the most powerful woman on Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> And why is that important to you? Because I loved Star Trek when I was growing up. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Little clues to your personality, right? Yes. Well, Valerie, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know you were very candid about how much rage you had and how difficult that phase of life was for you. And like I said, so many of us are very uncomfortable about talking about negative emotions. So I love that you were so honest about it, so authentic. And then also that you shared the struggle to get to the other side. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I know listeners are really going to appreciate your honesty. Well, thank you so very much, Susie, for asking me. Wow, so interesting, right? I loved speaking with Valerie. Negative emotions like anger can be hard to talk about. Like all emotions, they're caused by how you're thinking. Thoughts create feelings. So when you're feeling anger, it's because of a sentence in your mind. This thought is what's creating your anger. And when you're angry, you behave in a certain way. Think about your own life. What are you angry about? Most of us have something that we can refer to. Now really zone in on that feeling. What are you thinking that's creating your emotion? The weird thing is that most of us don't walk around dissecting thoughts and feelings this way. <laughs> but when you have a super strong emotion like anger, it's a great idea to take time to notice what you're feeling and why you're feeling so intense. Once you notice your thoughts, you can ask yourself a really telling question. Just ask yourself why you're choosing to think this way. Great question, right? It probably doesn't even seem like you can make a choice like this because it just, it seems like such an obvious way to think. But thoughts really are optional. The more and more you do this work, the more that you see that. There are other ways to think about whatever the circumstance is for you. You probably think that why you're so angry is the it that happened, or he did something, or she said something, or in general, it was just something outside of yourself that's creating your anger. The thing is, it doesn't actually work that way. Your thoughts are creating your feelings, even though it may not seem that way. It may not feel that way. It just doesn't seem like that could be the case. When you're doing this thought work, the more specific you can be, the better it is. Once you do this little analysis, there's one more question that's pretty good too. Just ask yourself if you like your reasons for making yourself so angry. <laughs> yep. Like I said, you're doing this to yourself. Do you like your reasons? In Valerie's case, she realized that she was ready for a change and took full responsibility for her anger. She had choices to make. She liked the reasons for choosing to do the thing the way she did. She had other thoughts, too, that drew her toward her future. She really wanted to be a writer. She wanted to grow in that direction. Those thoughts are what created the emotion that she needed to take massive action for herself. So she really could have worked with the anger and changed her thinking about her anger if she wanted to. But the thing is that you're a grown-ass woman, you can do what you want, and if you like your reasons, you can work from there. If you like your reasons for thinking the thoughts you're thinking and creating those feelings, you can work from there. So she finally got to the point where she put herself first. There are so many ways to learn from Valerie's experience. Ask yourself what you have always loved. What is it? What has always captured your attention? 
It was writing for her. What is it for you? For sure, you can see how important it is to explore the things you really, really love and have always been important to you. They're significant clues to what you need more of in your life to be truly fulfilled. Well, that's it for this episode. My focus as a midlife coach is to help you get excited about your life again. Being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be. Check out the show notes with more information and links at suzyrosenstein.com. Download my free ebook, Nine Secrets to Get Unstuck in Your 50s at www.suzyrosenstein.com forward slash nine secrets. And whenever you're ready, there are three great ways I can help you to think on purpose so you can get excited about your life again this year. The first way is to join the free Women in the Middle community Facebook group and connect with other amazing midlife women in there who are ready to start regret-proofing their lives too. So just go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash women in the middle community. The second way is to work with me directly and get coached. You can get awesome coaching to take you from being stuck and confused to being crystal clear and actually giddy. I think giddy about your future. Very interested in moving forward. So you can do that by just grabbing your kickstart call right away at www.talktosuzie.com. And the third way is to get on the wait list for my new midlife membership. This is an upbeat virtual community for 50 plus women who want clarity, courage, and connection to get excited about their lives again. Really, I know I might say excited a lot, but that is what it boils down to. You know, right now you might be blah, you might be feeling, eh, things are okay, it's comfortable, but if you really wanna pump up the volume, amp up your midlife, max your middle, then it's time to do something about it. So go on and sign up at www.coachwithsusie.com forward slash membership and you won't miss a thing. Let's do this, ladies. Let's think on purpose. Thanks so much for listening and I will talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.